Series today through our Statement of Faith. So we've been in the sermon series through our Statement of Faith, uh, and we've been doing that for the last few months or so. Uh, but as I was just thinking about it really fitting to his prayer, to the songs, and just the week, and just even last week's message by Brother Shep from Pillar, D.C., uh, and just thinking about, man, just, just all of the life that's happening uh, in our congregation, all of the challenges, the pains, the griefs, the loss, sufferings, the big decisions that need to be made, kids going back to school, et cetera, et cetera, the list can go on. I felt it very fitting uh, to revisit this verse that we're going to look at here this afternoon. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. If you need a Bible, we have some right here at the table that you can grab and use. Uh, if you need a Bible, you can take that one home with you as a gift from us. So as you turn there, let me ask God for his help again. Let's pray. Oh God, we need you. Uh, we are so grateful uh, for this opportunity to seek you more. Uh, now through the preach word. And God, I just pray uh, that as we look at this text, or as we look at this verse, that your word will do the work in all of our hearts in every way that you see fit. You minister hope to us, peace to us, joy to us, your truth to us through this text. As again, as I mentioned, as, as some of us are grieving, as <clears throat> some of us have some big decisions that need to be made or have already made, children going back to school, illnesses and sicknesses, Lord, so much. So many things that are spoken and some things that are unspoken that you know. God, I just pray that you would meet us where we're all at. That you would encourage us. That you would help us to lift our eyes to you. To hope in you. To ultimately hope in heaven. Do that, we pray. Glorify yourself now. Through your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Listen to that one more time. Just, just let it wash over you. Casting all your anxieties on him, God, because God cares for you. Some of us this afternoon are swimming in a sea of anxiety right now. We're swimming in a sea of anxiety. We're anxious about our families. We're anxious about our jobs. We're anxious about kids returning back to school. Maybe some kids going to school for the first time. Some moving to a new home. And this can go on and on and on. Some of us, as I mentioned, are, are grieving the loss of loved ones, myself included. And one of the symptoms includes anxiety. Some of us just battle with anxiety. Anxiety is something that we are battling. Everything could be fine. Everything could be going well. What our anxious selves tells us is not. Well, in our brief time this afternoon, 
I want us to see and be encouraged by the two truths that are in this text. So if you're taking notes, if you're writing them down or putting them in your phone, here's the, the main idea of our time. It's this. It's we can cast all our anxieties on God because he cares for us. We can cast all our anxieties on God because he cares for us. And so this main idea is broken down into two points this afternoon. Point one, cast your anxieties on God. Number two, God cares for you. God cares for us. So let's look at number one together. Cast your anxieties on God. So a little background on the book of 1 Peter is that the apostle Peter is the author. And he's writing to persecuted and suffering Christians and to us today. Right? So the theme of the book of 1 Peter, as you may have read, uh, is persecution and suffering. That's the theme of the entire book. And at this time in the life of Christians, uh, these Christians were being persecuted by an evil Roman emperor by the name of Nero. He was yeah, persecuting them. He was essentially having Christians killed. And so they were suffering and they were dying for their faith. So I imagine Peter and the believers at this time experienced some anxiety. <laughs> they experienced some anxiety. They were being murdered for their faith. They dealt with some fear and anxiety, I'm sure, but also coupled with a great hope and trust in the Lord. Hence why Peter tells them to cast their anxieties on the Lord, which could consist of a sense of hoping and trusting in the Lord with whatever is causing that anxiety, right? So in 2017, for me, it was when I first came to the realization that I battled with anxiety. One of the things that really helped me uh, in this journey and still is helping me in this journey is knowing that I can cast all my anxieties on God who can carry it all. Amen. He can hold it all when I can't or when you can't. So casting your anxieties on God does at least two things, right? Uh, number one, it humbles you. It humbles us. You even look a, a few verses up, even well, tied to this verse, you see in verses 5 through 6, that it shows us that, that when we are prideful and anxious, we think we can carry our anxieties. We think we can carry our loads, right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. But when we are humble, when God humbles us, and even in the verse before, he tells us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt us. We are humble and humbled. We realize we can't carry them. We realize that we can't carry them, and that only God can carry them, and that we are to give it all to him because he can. Yeah. He's big enough for your greatest worries. He's strong enough for your worst fears. So number one, it humbles you. It humbles us. Number two, it produces trust produces trust you're reminded of God's trustworthiness right that in the most <clears throat> anxious times when your mind is running a hundred miles per hour when you're getting hit left and right by life's hurts pains and challenges you can trust God because he remains constant he remains sure 
He is the unchangeable God. Nothing changes with God. When life circumstances are changing, when challenges are hitting us, when things are happening in our lives, we can hold on firm to the God who never changes, who remains constant, being reminded that he has us and that he will keep us. I'm reminded of this truth, and Brother Brock read this before the sermon from Psalm 55, verse 12, where it says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. You can cast your cares on him. He will keep you. He will sustain you this afternoon. He will never let the righteous, the Christian, be shaken. Another important truth to know when we cast our anxieties on God is that he won't throw them back to you. When we cast those things on him, he won't throw them back to you. He will take them. I imagine Peter uh, using the word cast here as it was a familiar word to him uh, and the disciples as, for Peter, this was his profession, right? Uh, he was a, a, a fisherman before Christ called him to be a fisher of men, right, to make disciples. So I used to go fishing uh, with some of my family when I was young. And in fishing, for those of you who have gone fishing or like to go fishing now, you have to cast the line out into the water, right? You have to cast the line out into the water. And in doing so, you're trying to catch some fish, which would be a successful fishing opportunity if you were to catch some, right? Well, what does it mean to cast your anxieties on God? What it means to cast, it means to throw all your anxieties on God as if you were casting a net or a line out into the sea as far as you can to catch some fish. It, it means to, to throw these things on him, to put some effort into it, to, to give it all to God, to cast all the things that you are anxious about on him. So what are some practical ways to, to cast our anxieties on the Lord? What are some, some things that we can do to help us cast our anxieties on the Lord? Number one, let's do the work. It's through the words, through the scriptures, it's through remembering the promises of God through his word. That he is faithful, that he is trustworthy, and that he is a present help in times of need. That he is good when things aren't all good. That he is loving, that he is with you, with me, in the midst of our trials in the midst of what may seem hopeless. We remember these truths about God by coming to his word, by coming to the Bible, by reading it, by memorizing it, by rehearsing his truths, his promises to you, to me, and by believing it, by trusting it, by holding on to every word that comes from the mouth of God. So through the word, this is how we can cast our anxieties on God by taking him at his word, by believing what he has said, what is written down on the pages of scripture, 66 books that God has given us to know him, to love him, to cherish him, to trust him. Number two, through prayer, through prayer, by talking to God about what's going on in your life. That's what prayer really is, right? To, to, to talk to God. And that's an amazing thing to do, that the God of the universe, 
inclines his ear to his people. That he hears us when we cry out to him, when we pray to him. And he'll respond and answer according to his perfect plan and his will for us. By saying to God, hey, I'm anxious about these things that are happening in my life right now. But I give them to you. I give them to you. I trust you with them. Philippians 4, 6-7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul there says, don't be anxious about anything. But instead, pray, pray, pray. Keep praying, pray, to do that with a posture of thanksgiving, of thankfulness, making our requests made known to God. And guess what God will do? He'll give you peace. He'll give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Can't comprehend it. That will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So number one, through the word, number two, through prayer. Number three, through the church. Through the church. In God's kindness and a part of his way to help us flourish in our relationships with Jesus is that he's given us a community to do that with. Amen. Brothers and sisters, the church filled, guess what, with other people who are struggling. Yeah. Filled with other people who are struggling with anxiety. Filled with other people who are going through hard times. Filled with other people who are struggling with sin. Filled with other people who are broken, beat up, and battered, just like you are and I am. The church is filled with hurting people, seeking to find help from the only one who can help, and that's God. We're linking arms together with one another, helping one another to put our eyes on the help that is only found in Christ. We're seeking to do that together. And so just to be reminded of that, this same way to to battle anxiety, to combat anxiety, to cast our anxieties, our cares on the Lord, is also us doing that together as a church body to help one another in that journey. So may you, may I today, this week, when anxiety comes, and it will, when stress comes, and it will, to be remembered, to be reminded that we can cast it all on God through these practical ways. By going to his word, rehearsing his promises, by, yeah, by, by, by doing that with one another as a church, by doing that through prayer with one another. And when we do that, when we cast our anxieties on God, again, he doesn't send them back our way. Instead, he gives us something better. What does he do? He shows us care. He shows us care, which leads to our second and final point, that God cares for you. This is what he gives you when you cast these things on him. He doesn't condemn you. He doesn't say, hey, get it together. Smack you around a little bit. He doesn't do that. No, he he shows you care, tender mercy and care. Point two, God cares for 
you. Look back with me at the text. It says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So we cast all our anxieties on God. That's the what, if you will, but the why is because he cares for you, for us. <clears throat> the God of the universe, the maker of heaven and earth, of every living creature, human beings and animals, the holy, good, big God cares for you and me. I mean, just let that sink in for a moment. Ponder upon that for a moment. This big God cares for us. He doesn't have to, but he does. Psalm 8.4 says, What is man that you are mindful of him? What is man that he's mindful of us? Like, this is God. This is God who sits high but looks low. Who's attentive to every part of your life. Every aspect of your life, your needs, he knows. He's attentive to you. He understands your anxieties. He knows what keeps you up at night. He knows what keeps you in the bed when you're supposed to be up. He knows how your chest might get tightened or how you may feel some heaviness on your chest as a result of being anxious. He knows all these things. He knows that you've had a hard season or seasons. He sees your tears. He sees your fears. He knows your deepest hurts. He knows exactly how you feel. He's your heavenly father. And he cares for you. So when your anxieties are big, know that God's care for you is larger. That is big. Listen to the words of Jesus referring to our heavenly father and his care for us here in Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Just let these words, just as you hear them, let them wash over you, just to, just to refresh you, to refresh you uh, in His Word. So Matthew six twenty-five and thirty-four says, <clears throat> "It says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on." Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, 
O you of little faith. Therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is a good word. Yeah. This is a freeing word for all of us. That we don't have to worry this afternoon. Because God cares for us. He is and will take care of us. He knows everything that you and I need before we need it. He has and will provide everything we need. He's been doing that. And he will continue. Whatever we're experiencing right now, whatever we're going through right now, God cares about it and he will help us. And he's shown his care in the best way. In the most grandest way. The most glorious way. By sending his son to die for us. Send his son Jesus Christ to pay our sin debt. If God never did another thing for us, he's done enough. He's done enough by sending Jesus to pay our sin debt. This is good news. This is good news because you and I are in need of a Savior. And this Savior has come. Jesus has come. He has come to seek and save the lost. For those of us who are Christians, we were all lost. And we were in need of saving. If you're here and you're not a Christian, the Bible says that you are lost and you are in need of saving. So let's agree with God and his word that we are sinners in need of saving. And that if God were to judge us in our sin, he would be rightly and justified in judging us and casting us away from his presence for all of eternity. This is judgment in hell. But praise God that the story doesn't end there. He sends his son Jesus who comes and lives a perfect sinless life and he dies a death that you and I deserved on the cross. He was buried in the grave, and on the third day, he was raised from the dead, offering us all eternal life. If we turn from our sin, and we turn to him by faith, by trust, by belief, only in what Christ has done alone. And the Bible says once you do that, you can be saved. You can be forgiven of all of your sin, cleansed, made right with God. This is the good news that we want to hold out to anyone who hasn't put their trust in Christ yet. Don't delay. May today be the day of salvation for you. Trust him. He's worthy of your trust and your adoration. He's shown his love to you by sending his only begotten son yeah. to pay your sin debt and my sin debt. Trust him. Believe him today by faith. And for those of us who are Christians, who have trusted Christ by faith. May we be reminded that, that God has taken care of us. He, he's cared for us in taking on our sin. 
by dying for us. And that he's also not only taking care of us in the way spiritually, but he's also taking care of us physically. This is what God does. He takes care of us physically and spiritually. This is what God does. This is good news for us as Christians as we go into this new week. With whatever may come, whatever may happen, we can rest assured that God has us. That he has already taken care of us spiritually. And that he will take care of us physically. And that one day, for all of us, one day these things will be no more. That we are all headed towards the day when our Savior will return and death will be no more, sickness will be no more. He's going to wipe every tear away from our eyes as he promised us in Revelation. What hope, what hope to be living for, to be reminded that this is not all there is, that this is not it. We are heading to something better, something greater, heaven where we'll be with God for all of eternity. That's something to be hopeful for. That's something to wake us up in the morning and give us a drive, a passion, a hope. Because Jesus is coming back to get us. He's coming back to get his people. So when we are going through the trials and temptations and sufferings, know that God is using that to make us more like his son. But that he's also in the midst of that. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. That there is hope at the end of the tunnel. That, that those sufferings, those trials, those challenges, they have an expiration date. They have an end time. The day of our Lord. And we will not always be experiencing those things. So have hope for tomorrow. Have hope for the future. May we rest in that and may we glory in that. So in conclusion, as I close and as the team comes back up, we can give our troubles to God and trust that he will take care of them all. I pray that as we have just reflected briefly in this moment, just as we go into this new week, I pray that we find encouragement in that and hope in that. That we can cast all of the things that troubles us, all of the things that weigh us down, our sin, our situations, our trials, we can cast all these things on God, knowing, trusting, believing that He cares for us. Let's pray. God, we indeed thank you just for this reminder this afternoon that you love us so much, Lord. You love us. You've shown your love in providing us what we don't deserve, your mercy, pouring out your grace on all of us through the life and person of your dear son who came and lived and died and rose in our place. And again, God, you wouldn't have to do another thing. Sending your son was enough. Making us right with you was enough. But you indeed do more. <laughs> you, on a daily basis, you, you give us your presence. You show us that you are with us in the midst of fiery trials and challenges and sufferings that we all experience on a daily basis.
you're with us in all those things and you're also using those things to to glorify your son and make us more like him and so God I pray for the Christians in the room that you would indeed help us to be reminded that when these things come and when these things happen that we can cast these things on you trusting and hoping and knowing that you care for us that you're not mad at us that you're not condemning us you love us and you do good because you are good so help us to be reminded of that for anyone who doesn't know you've got to pray that you would use those trials those sufferings as you do to point to their need for you and that they would humble themselves and that you would indeed humble them and show them their need for you and that they would not run to anyone else or anything else to handle the situations they're experiencing, but that they, they would run to you as their only hope, that they would believe upon you, that you would indeed save them. So God, would you, would you do that, God? Grant grace in them today. Pour out your spirit upon them today. And do that, Lord, amongst this entire body, Lord. Amongst those who couldn't be with us today. Remind us all that we can come to you. We can cast everything on you. You can carry it. You delight in carrying it. It is not a load for you. It's a load for us, but it's not for you. It's easy for you. You can handle it all. Because you care for us. You love us. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Amen.